From the Public Relations Global Network, this is PRGN Presents. I'm Adrian McIntyre. And I'm Abby Fink, Vice President General Manager of HMA Public Relations in Phoenix, Arizona, and a founding member of PRGN. With public relations leaders embedded into the fabric of the communities we serve, clients hire our agencies for the local knowledge, expertise, and connections in markets spanning six continents across the world. Our guests on this bi-weekly podcast series are all members of the Public Relations Global Network. They discuss such topics as the importance of sustainability and environmental, social, and governance programs, crisis communications, content marketing, reputation management, and outside-of-the-box thinking for growing your business. For more information about PRGN and our members, please visit PRGN.com. And now, let's meet our guest for this episode. This is Michelle Ling. I'm the CEO of Novitas Communications. We focus on three areas, crisis communication, corporate communication, and issue management. We've been doing this for 15 years now. Hasn't felt a day more than 40. A <laughs> day more than 40. So you started your firm um, in the in the Great Recession of 2008, Um Congratulations on your success. Um, you know, one of the things that PR people tend to talk about is the impact that we can have on our clients' businesses as it relates to revenue, sales, new business development. But we're not always comfortable about having these conversations because so much of what we do is difficult to track. But you've really, you know, have grasped this idea of how revenue and PR are connected. And I'd like to talk a little bit about how you see that and why it's so important for us to understand the real role that public relations and communications can have for businesses when they're thinking about it from a sales and revenue perspective. Absolutely, Abby. And, you know, I think that I'm so passionate about this because we've seen it work for our firm. Um, and so there are a few ways that PR drives revenue, whether it's you know reputation enhancement um, and building relationships with stakeholders or potential or current clients or customers. I think we all as PR people understand those two elements um, really inherently. Uh, but more and more, I'm seeing PR uh, play an important role in, this, in supporting the sales funnel which is a little bit more quantitative. Um, and, you know, the sales cycle support um, element seems to be less obvious to the PR industry and especially to some of the clients and organizations we serve. So there's a real education component necessary when you're talking about how PR can really drive revenue. Dive in a little bit on that education part of it, because I think, you know, the the conversation has to start with that from the very beginning. You know, the, we have to, to create this um, expectation that what we do can have an impact. So how do you develop those, that, that line of conversation with, with the prospects, even within your own team, to get them thinking about, you know, the role that what we do has within a larger organization? Well, you know, one of the things that we're looking at, or one of the things I like to say, actually, when we're talking to prospective clients or even current clients is um, what I'd like to say is PR should be as integral to your business as accounting or having a legal strategy. Um, it's critical for success. So with a lot of the corporate world, 
potentially bracing for a recession coming up, although knock on wood, it doesn't seem to have appeared quite yet. Um, you know, thought leadership, for example, will play a really important role in driving revenue. Um, and in fact, uh, B2B buyers are actually looking at um, uh, how thought um, how thought leadership can drive revenue. 44% of decision makers say they'll be personally less receptive to just sales calls and marketing outreach if a downturn hits. Um, so it'll be harder to break through and win business. Um, but it's important to stay the course on um, sales and PR and marketing spend uh, because um, according to the Harvard Business Review, companies that bounced back most strongly from previous previous recessions did not cut marketing and, and PR spend. So PR really offers a way forward, especially during a downturn. And like I, like you mentioned in the uh, beginning, I should know because I started a PR firm in the middle of a recession. Um, and so, um, you know, uh, public relations and, and content are really critical to managing and accelerating the sales funnel. Um, so if you're looking at, you know, the sales funnel is awareness, which is sort of filling your funnel with leads, engagement, offering information that the client may or customer uh, finds compelling, or then, then consideration where you're offering more customized information, evaluation, really helping uh, clients and customers understand the product or the service and how you're different. And then, you know, the, the purchase process, which is handing it off to sales. And then there's another element, which is uh, customer retention, really um, ensuring that customers understand um, that their decision was a great decision. Who doesn't like to hear that their decision was great, right? So how are you, um, or rather, what are you looking at or what are you advising uh, we should be considering as measurements of success that that the you know public relations activities, thought leadership and such have impacted um, revenue? So what are those performance indicators? You know, there's a there's a direct line with I made these many sales calls and these many clients, you know, purchased. PR is a little bit uh you know, more um, non-tangible in a lot of ways. It's hard to measure thought leadership with a, you know, this many this or that. So talk about what those indicators are, what you're looking at and what you're helping clients understand are what is being impacted by the work that you're doing. Absolutely. So if we're going through some of the phases, you know, with the awareness, for example, uh, phase, we're looking at web traffic increase, page views increase, bounce rate decrease, you know, time spent on the website increase, SEO ranking, all of these things have PR components. And one of the things we've actually done with our clients is um, use a PR specific um, link or, or tracking mechanism so that they know that any, uh, any website traffic increase is due to us. But really, you know, I think the ultimate test of awareness, it, you know, increases in awareness is when you're out and about and people say, oh, yeah, I've heard of you instead of Novita, no, Novitas, um, you know, they, they, they recognize who you are and what you do. And, um, you know, certainly that's less quantifiable, um, but also a great way um, to, to understand 
obviously the most, um, the best way to look at awareness is to actually survey people, but that can be expensive and um, can be very cumbersome. Um, you know, then if you're looking at engagement, we're measuring share of voice, um, whether it's in the media or on social media, power of voice, um, number of down funnel prospects, so people that are continuing to move down the funnel. Um, in consideration, we're looking at is there a shift in the conversation um, online, positive, negative, and neutral mentions, the frequency of messaging placement, um, when you're talking about evaluation, you know, efforts converted to sales, um, purchase, uh, we're talking, you know, sales, obviously, and revenue. Um, but those are some of the, the things that we're looking at, besides revenue, of course, that can uh, potentially relate directly to PR. Now, that strikes me as as conversations that have to take place across the organization, right? I mean, you you have a role, a very specific responsibility. There are others that are impacting, you know, the that whose work will impact what you're doing and vice versa. So what does the makeup of the 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 room look like when those conversations are happening? You know, who else is in those conversations and understanding the various roles and how each one of those connects with the other. One of the things that's really interesting is PR. There's been a lot of uh, crossover between PR and marketing. So obviously there's got to be a lot of collaboration there. But I think that you're doing your company a disservice if PR isn't part or isn't supporting your overall strategy and mission. So I had a client once who worked for a major pharmaceutical company, and he said, whenever we're going into a strategy meeting, I've got my legal team, I've got my marketing team, and I have my PR team. And we're all sitting in the room talking about how we get things done. And so I think breaking down some of those silos is critical um, to to getting some to ensuring that everyone's on the same page. And at what point in the process do you shift, re-engage, reconsider, you know, what 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 are you measuring? I mean, we can say share a voice or we can say, you know, number of click-throughs, but there has to be some uh, quantifying, we want X percent increase, we want something, there has to still be some tangible components of that. So what do those look like? And at what point along the way do you, you know, bring the team back together and start evaluating really what that success is? I personally, in our firm, we evaluate from the beginning. Um, and so we're looking at, you know, in terms of um, content, which articles are positive, negative, who else is speaking in our articles? We, we try to quantify as much of that as possible, and we do it from the beginning. Um, you know, obviously, you want to have some kind of a baseline initially um, so you can show movement. But throughout the conversation, I do think that you or throughout the um, engagement, you should be constantly monitoring. We've actually been experimenting with using a dashboard to give us real-ish time um, data on some of these things. So we know, okay, we have to, we'll have to increase this or decrease this or, you know, shift this messaging a bit. Um, and so um, I, I think that this is a continual improvement process. We've talked before about having a seat at the table and I'm always in, you know, I'm always impressed with 
executive level management that recognizes, you know, the role. And as you said that, you know, you have your legal team, you have your, your finance team, you need to have your communications team. We we often say we are, you know, bringing on a, a outside PR counsel as an investment in your success. And you need to consider it that way. But not everybody does. And um, and maybe in particular, when we are um, outside counsel coming in with, you know, internal teams. So how do you work with, you know, sort of different philosophies and, and those on the team that are very numbers driven, you know, their their success, their their uh, salaries, their commission checks are completely based on being able to um keep that, keep the revenue going and may see what we do as a bit counterintuitive to the, to the work that they're doing. Well, sure. And, you know, anyone who doesn't own a PR firm, it, it may initially look at PR or marketing as a cost center. Um, and, and again, I just view PRs just as necessary as a cost of doing, a cost of doing business as accounting. Um, but, you know, sometimes you have to work with incrementalism, right? Um, you know, it, it, will they invite you? It, to the table initially, some might, and that's awesome. And I think that there's a greater awareness of that. Um, unfortunately, particularly after some of the, like the Bud Light um, things that happened, you know, there might've been somebody who could have raised their hand and said, hey, we may want to think about um, what people, you know, how people will react to this. And um, so bringing people in, more holistically, I think is becoming more popular. I hope it's becoming more popular. I'm actually submitting an article um, to Forbes suggesting that people, uh, that companies actually have a PR or reputation management committee um, on their uh, boards of directors, just because it's become such an important uh, part of what we do, um, and such an and communication is such an important part of doing business these days. Um, so. Um, you know, when, when people, I, I play the long game. <laughs> and so when uh, my clients kind of don't let us have a seat at the table, or I think some, there's some misconceptions about PR that, you know, in the, in the 90s and 2000s, it was um, we're Samantha Jones, we just go to parties and, you know, talk to people and socialize. Now, in the out in the outies is that what we're calling them um the uh, misconception was that we are like scandal and i think you know i'd like to think that we're turning a corner now and being looked at as more of a strategic activity than um than than some would originally believe given the prevalence of that stereotype uh and the widespread nature of the misunderstandings if an executive or director of marketing communications is listening to this and wants some guidance on how to tell if the agency they're speaking to is schooled in revenue generating metrics, not just audience metrics, what are some of the kinds of questions a business leader should ask in the process of vetting a firm to see if they're fluent in the kind of work you're describing? You know, I always ask people for examples you know, show me an example, give me an example. I'm sort of example driven. But I think there are unfortunately some PR firms, and I don't want to speak ill of my colleagues, that do PR for PR's sake. And I, I think that um, 
you know, CMOs or, or CCOs or marketing executives who are interested in that should be asking PR firms, what are some ways to integrate PR into the overall strategy? How can PR support the overall strategy, even if it's um, just providing some kind of a um, an example, you know, how would you support this revenue activity or how would you do this? And so, and if they're like, oh, well, we would just, you know, have a party or we would, you know, and events have a role, don't get me wrong. But if they don't have a solid and strategic answer and it's really tactical, I think that you should question whether it's the right fit. Well, and I think that, you know, that is a, to me is sort of the overall understanding, right? Is that if the conversation starts with, we believe we need public relations counsel. Why? You know, what is it that's driving that conversation today? What what do you hope to accomplish as a result of it? And if we, if we ask the right questions and probe the clients, and ideally they ask the right questions back, I think it, it certainly levels the playing field. We, we understand where we're coming from. And if we are goal oriented, which I think all of us are, um, we understand what our expectations are and what what our clients or organizations are going to use to measure success. And again, they can quantify X percent of sales increase and this many more customers. And it, we should and and I, I think they should expect us to be able to answer the question what we do and how that that makes a difference. So thinking about, you know, those kind of conversations. Tell me three questions you would ask a client to share with you as they're beginning, you know, this process so that you know they have an understanding of what you are trying to accomplish for them. Uh, yes. So some of the, the three questions I would probably ask are, what role does PR have in your organization? Um, can, do we have access to your senior leadership? If, you know, there's always sensitivities around giving people access to people, but if you're really looking for an integrated approach, an approach that that supports the overall organization's strategy, having some measure of access to the people at the top is important. Um, and then, you know, sometimes I ask what their experiences in the past have been with PR, what they've done in the past, what's worked, what hasn't worked, or... And to understand what they're, what sort of biases they may be coming into the relationship with. But I think, as Abby pointed out, it's really um, important to set expectations about the relationship up front, um, outline what success looks like, and then stick to it. You know, certainly things might change throughout the relationship, but um, really uh, keep a North Star for what success looks like with your clients. And, um, and, and then finally, you know, I think one of the other tips um, is to tell them what you're going to do, do the thing, and then report on the thing, right? It's, it's a process-oriented approach uh, that allows not only your internal clients to um, succeed, uh, but also allows them to report up to their internal clients. Thanks for listening to this episode of PRGN Presents, brought to you by the Public Relations Global Network. We publish new episodes every other week, so follow PRGN Presents in your favorite podcast app. 
Episodes are also available on our website, along with more information about PRGN and our members at PRGN.com. 